investing in property makes sense. Investing in the right property takes knowledge. Welcome to the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. I'm Jared McCabe, Director of Wakeland Property Advisory. Join me for expert insights into the fundamentals, trends and opportunities to help you create long-term wealth through smart property decisions. Hi everyone and thank you for joining me for episode 4 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. So today I wanted to uh, take a look at when is the best time to sell your property. Now obviously at the moment we're in a, um, a building market, uh, things are going seem to be going from strength to strength and there's certainly many vendors around who are considering selling a property. And obviously there are a hell of a lot of things that you need to think about when you're going down this process. These can range from what's my property worth, which agent should I use, um, what method of sale, what marketing is worthwhile and perhaps what's not, uh, how much commission should I pay and how best to present my property to maximize that end result. But one of the key questions that certainly an agent won't uh, answer for you will be when to sell. And most agents will tell you that now is the best time and I've heard that time and time again over the years. Uh, But there are many considerations that you do need to look at when you're taking into account what is the best time of the year for me to sell my property. Uh, So there's a number of um, points that I want to go through today to um, to cover off on. Some of these considerations include your own personal circumstances, uh, what the market is doing at that particular time, holiday periods, so school holidays, public holidays, those sorts of things, and obviously the property itself around its presentation and and when it looks at its optimum. So let's go through these um, each step by step. So first of all, we'll look at your own personal circumstances. Uh, And this can involve things such as, um, should I buy or sell first? Now, there's a lot that comes out of that, and I'm not going to um, delve right into that at the moment. It's almost a topic in itself. Um, So perhaps people might be upsizing or downsizing, And therefore, what's the market doing at that particular time? So for instance, if the market is rising, you may be better off selling, sorry, buying first, because in a rising market, you obviously want to try and um, make that gap as small as possible. If you buy first and then sell later, hopefully the market's continuing to rise. And when you sell your property, it's at an even higher level. You've bought the property that you like the look of at a potentially cheaper price, so that gap is smaller. Now, in a falling market, you may be better off to sell first, um, and that obviously does the reverse. We want to um, stop the market from uh, continuing to decrease in value on the property that you hold, um, but also to potentially pick up the um, the per- property that you're purchasing at a cheaper rate. Um, there are obviously many different types of property too that you're considering, and that's certainly something that you need to look at. Um, so. Is, it, is the property that you're purchasing or is the property that you're selling readily saleable? Um, or are, they, are there some intricacies with each of those properties that might make them either hard to come by on the buying side of things or not as easily saleable? So for instance, are you on a main road that might um, mean that you don't have as much interest from certain buyers or are there some adjoining uses or surrounding development that may put people off and may mean that you might need to take a little bit longer to sell a property? Or perhaps you're in a market that's heavily supplied, so something that you've purchased off the plan in a high-rise type sector, and there's a lot of choice around for buyers, so it's not necessarily going to be something that will happen overnight. So those are the sorts of things that you need to take into account around your own personal circumstances. The other thing is is around finance. Um, So depending upon your own financial circumstances, whether it's you're potentially moving towards retirement um, and therefore may not be able to get bridging finance, 
Um, that may dictate as well whether or not you should be buying or selling first. Because if you go to a, a broker or a financial advisor and they step back and say, well, listen, unfortunately, because of your, your age, um, where you sit on your employment or your future employment, we really can't afford to, um, to buy first. You need to have the, the certainty of having sold your property. And then once that's gone through, we can then look at buying something. And if that is the case, um, you may need to be prepared to, to lease for a period of time if you're not able to get a long enough settlement on the sale of your existing property to give you enough time to buy the right property. And it's it's an important um, thought process to go through before you go down the sale, sale of a property because if you haven't got your head in that right space and you are insisting on um, moving straight from one property that you own to the next, you may end up uh, making a, the wrong decision, forcing yourself to buy a property that in the long term is not exactly what you're after. So if you buy yourself some time by being prepared to lease for six or 12 months, you can ensure that you'll buy the right property um, and you'll feel comfortable there going forward. The next step, which I mentioned before, is around the market itself uh, and taking into account market conditions. So are we in a building market or are you in a falling market? Now, obviously, at the moment, things are getting better and better week by week. Um, and there's not any great sign that that's going to slow down anytime soon. Now, there's been a lot of talk around interest rate rises potentially, but whether that's in the next three months, six months, 12 months, um, no one's exactly sure at the moment. Um, I don't see the market for, for the current circumstances slowing down in 2021. I think it's continuing to build and that's likely to happen. So if you're in a circumstance where um, timing is not crucial that it occurs right here, right now, then you may be better off um, holding a little bit longer into the year to uh, to try and maximise that result at the moment. Now, if you're in a falling market, then there's obviously other considerations. And if the market's starting to slow um, and the demand levels are starting to drop, then you may need to get in sooner rather than later because you may be in a worse position by the time um, uh, you get to a time that, that you're comfortable with. So there may need to be a bit of push along to try and make the decision a little bit faster. Um, the other side of the market is is the supply levels um, of property at any particular time of the year. So for example, spring's always a very popular time um, to sell property, uh, typically because most with family homes or properties with lovely gardens, they, they do look at their best during that time. But it's also probably the time of year where the property market, particularly in Melbourne, is at its peak in terms of supply. Um, and so you've got a hell of a lot more competition and the buyers are spread much thinner. Now, there are typically more buyers that come out in the spring market as well, but we see time and time again that the, uh, the clearance rate uh, during the spring market does tend to drop off because there is more, more property around um, and relatively speaking, less buyers. So it's certainly a consideration to take. Um, Another alternative is, is, I mean, if we look at it on a seasonal basis, you look through the summer months and even though it is warmer and, and a lot of properties do look quite good, um, the supply drops off the face of a cliff, particularly once you get to around um, mid-December through to the end of January because so many people go away um, and, uh, and they move, they're either interstate, overseas, or, or in holiday destinations down in the coastal regions of Victoria. Um, and as a result, the supply is not there because the buyers aren't there. And so um, even though you would have limited competition, you'll also have limited buyers. And that's not the idea of, uh, of selling your property. And then the other seasonal time frame to consider is um, is winter. And people can be quite hesitant to sell properties in winter. They feel as though that it, they, their property doesn't really look at its peak. 
But it, it can be, if you if you have the right type of property, it can be quite a good time because the supply is definitely down. Um, but if you do own a property that perhaps is a little bit dark, for instance, um, and needs to feel a bit lighter and brighter, then winter may not be the best time to do that. Um, but if you've got a property that perhaps has a lot of north light um, at any time of the year and maybe even gets a bit hot um, internally during some of the warmer months, then maybe winter is a good time because you get some, some great natural light coming through um, on some of the warmer winter days in Melbourne and it presents the property quite well. So it shouldn't be a blanket. It's a matter of taking the property in, it's the property itself into account around those seasonal factors and seeing what works best for you, but also considering the supply and demand impacts um, that particularly around metropolitan Melbourne that, that, that they have. Now, the other, other thing to consider when you're looking at the market is how are you going to sell that property um, in terms of then therefore looking at when you should um, best optimize the timing. Um, so the, old, the options from a campaign point of view are an auction, a private sale, expression of interest, who, they're relatively similar but um, slightly different, um, or an off-market type campaign. Now, with an auction and an expression of interest, it's typically around a four-week campaign. Um, and so you need to then take into account interruptions that might occur during that time, whether they be holidays, which we'll speak about shortly, um, or other things like, say, the AFL Grand Final, which now is creating a long weekend, but previously it didn't, but it was still not the ideal time to have your property on the market. Um, the thing to also bear in mind here is that it's not just about um, the actual auction day or the conclusion to the expression of interest not being on a public holiday. Ideally, you wouldn't have an interruption during your campaign because people go away and therefore won't be inspecting your property. It's a very tight time frame. It's been tested um, many different ways over the years, extending it, contracting it. Um, but typically, that three and a half or four weekend um, time span is uh, is the optimum for an auction or expression of interest. So you need to look at that and potentially pick your auction date, work backwards to when the campaign will start and go from there. Private sale, they will usually that, that type of property is in less demand. Um, and therefore likely to have a slightly longer campaign. And you will therefore probably have some form of interruptions along the way. Um, I'll go through the, um, the interruptions that you get in the, the holidays section here in, in Victoria. But um, with a private sale, it's more about uh, the fact that you don't necessarily have the depth of demand with that type of property. And therefore, um, that method of sale is going to be better because if you go to an auction, if you don't have um, multiple parties bidding on that property, it's going to defeat the purpose. Um, and if it's the wrong type of property for an expression of interest, you could put buyers off because they're not familiar with how that scenario plays out. The the, uh, the last one there was the off-market, um, which sometimes can also potentially be a, a pre-market campaign. So agents testing the market to see whether or not the, the interest levels are there for that type of property. It's quite common, for instance, before Christmas to do that. If you're intending to sell um, in February the following year, um, they might test the market beforehand. So you've, you've got a few weeks there to, um, to try that out. There's no marketing expenses with an off-market, so um, you, leading into a time frame, it can test the market. But in a rising market like we're in at the moment, it's generally not ideal. Okay, so if we move on to the next um, consideration around selling is, um, as I mentioned previously, the, the interruptions that you, you can suffer. Um, so and the majority of those are around holidays, whether they be public or school. So if we look at public holidays first, um, 
or we look at the whole scenario of holidays um, first throughout the Melbourne year, it's it's quite interesting. There's really not, if you sit down and go through the calendar, there's really not a period of time where you get much more than six to eight weeks of clear span, no interruptions to a, um, a particularly an auction campaign. So obviously at the start of the year, we've got um, Australia Day. Things don't tend to kick into gear until after that, people coming back from holidays. You get a run up until early March there. So that's about five weeks, six weeks um, to the Labor Day long weekend in early March. Then depending on when Easter falls, this year it's early April, you get another five or six weeks. Um, Easter falls and the school holidays sit in there as well. So that takes us to mid-April. We then get a clear run from sort of mid-April through to the start of June. So it's now another six to seven weeks when we get the Queen's birthday long weekend. Um, other side of that, we get a run from sort of mid-June school holidays in July, late June, early July. We get a run then from mid-July through till about the AFL Grand Final, and that's typically probably the longest from about from the end of July through till the end of September um, is the longest uh, clear span that we'll get in Melbourne. From the Grand Final, you get another month until uh, Melbourne Cup, and then from Melbourne Cup or the Spring Carnival, you then get a, a run of about six or seven weeks through to Christmas. So it really is quite interesting that there are that, that many interruptions and that many considerations just around holidays that need to be taken into account around selling a property. People go away during... Um, public holiday periods, particularly in Melbourne at the moment when they haven't been able to get away a lot because of COVID. Um, and so that can really limit people's opportunities to inspect properties. When you're selling, you really want to reduce the interruptions as much as possible to give yourself the optimum ability to um, to sell your property. Um, it doesn't necessarily, as I said earlier, have to be that the interruptions on the auction day. If you can, If you can help it, it's better to not have an interruption for the entire campaign if possible. School holidays are similar, but they're not always the same um, or don't always have the same impact as what public holidays do on properties Um, because depending on your buyer profile, uh, it may not be that that the purchaser is that impacted by school holidays. So for instance, people, um, first or second home buyers um, who may be in their 20s to 30s, perhaps not having children yet, that's not the type, it's not a, a... home that's suitable to to having children, then perhaps the school holidays won't interrupt interrupt your campaign. So for instance, um, an Art Deco apartment in an inner city suburb is less likely to uh, be impacted by school holidays than what a, uh, a family home in and around Preston might be, um, because that's where people may, be, may well be away. So having consideration for your buyer profile around these holidays is, is a really important thing as well. Um, And then you can look at things like, um, say, holiday homes in some of the coastal regions of Victoria, and they can actually have the reverse, whereby the best time to sell those is actually going to be during those holiday um, timeframes, because that's when everyone migrates down to those regions and there'll be the most or the highest level of demand for properties in that spot. So it's it's really important to understand who your buyer is and how they might be impacted by certain holidays. Um, and whether that's a positive or a negative on that property. Which brings us to the, the, um, the, the fourth and final um, consideration, which is the property itself. And so when does the property that we're selling um, present at its absolute best? And, and this is why, as I said earlier, that spring is so popular. Obviously, you've got improving weather, um, particularly properties that have got um, a really nice garden that is going to be a key feature of, of the sale. Um, then people do gravitate towards the spring to, uh, to sell. And the thing to, to bear in mind when you are looking at, at selling is 
what are the key features of that property? And you want to maximize and accentuate those features. So for instance, if you've got a property that's um, perhaps an apartment with a, a really nice courtyard, then being able to utilize that that um, courtyard in, a, in, a, in the warmer months is going to play into a buyer's psyche and they'll, it'll certainly um, pull them towards that if they can see that they can sit outside and enjoy a barbecue and, and space um, that they may not be able to in others. It's going to attract them towards that views or aspects. Um, if you're selling a property in the middle of winter and it's quite cloudy and overcast and you can't actually see that view, then you're not maximizing the um, the time of year um, and maximizing one of the key features of that property. Um, and as I said before, uh, a northerly aspect. So if you've got a northerly aspect that um, or uh, windows that face north um, that can really draw in some, some really nice sun and warmth during cooler months, or perhaps you've got a really nice fireplace that gives a, gives a really cozy, warm atmosphere, then holding your inspections or your campaign during cooler months might actually be uh, of benefit to you, particularly if there's not necessarily as much competition around for, for that type of property. Um, and holiday properties, as we said before too, the timing around those and, and making the maximum of those, maximizing those properties um, is really important too. So warmer months when people are, are attracted to the beach, particularly if you say within walking distance or have views of a beach, um, that really puts the focus on, on that outdoor lifestyle that people are being drawn to that area. It's the reason that they're considering buying a property in that location, whether it's for um, permanent residency or whether it's as a holiday home, they're being drawn because of that that feature. So make sure that you're maximizing that. If you're looking at the pro- property that's an investment um, and we go down the path of uh, having a lease in place, you need to then consider who is likely to be your buyer and is it likely to definitely be another investor that's going to buy it or could there be competition from owner-occupiers? And if that's the case, um, do you want to sell with the tenant in place? Are they presenting it in the right mo- right manner? Or would you be better off serving a notice to vacate, which you can now do again, um, after COVID uh, and providing the property with vacant possession, giving uh, any prospective investor an idea of what the rental return would be. So it's still attractive to the investor, but also gives the opportunity for an owner occupier to compete for it. You're maximizing the competition out in the marketplace. Um, and that's that's your best way to get the, uh, the strongest result at the end of the day. Um, so there certainly are a lot of uh, elements to selling property which are out of your control. So macroeconomic factors around interest rates and um, international issues, those sorts of things. But certainly timing of, of selling a property is certainly something that you can determine um, what's best for you and for your property. So rather than going with the crowd um, in terms of selling just at what's perceived to be the best time, look at the unique characteristics of your property um, to maximize the, the, the end result at the end of the day. Okay, so now I wanted to go through the, um, the practical example, so the story for this week. So it's actually quite a recent one. Um, I had some clients looking to sell a, a family home in the inner eastern suburbs of Melbourne, uh, and they'd been preparing to sell um, this property for almost two years, and they'd certainly been in the mindset, not necessarily doing work to the property, but um, having that as a consideration, it had, it had reached the point of, of their life where they didn't really need the size that this property offered. Um, and so after doing a lot of discussing and talking, we had in mind early 2020 was going to be the time of year that, or the time that we were going to um, put this property to the market. 
So obviously through the back end of 2019 and into the start of 2020, the market was really building nicely after a, a few years of um, fairly stagnant growth and performance. But obviously COVID hit. Um, and so the decision was made quite obviously to hold back and, and not go not go forward because they weren't in a position where they absolutely had to sell. They had the, the ability to, to hold back if needs be. However, there were certainly a, a number of agents who were suggesting that they should try and sell it off market. There was no no need to worry about the presentation of their property. Um, it was the type that would just meet with good interest no matter what it was. So um, we can take it off market. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, but then as two, but that wasn't the right scenario for them. They really wanted to make sure they maximised the end result, um, and they so they didn't need to just sell for the sake of selling, which some may have considered in that scenario. Um, but then as 2020 progressed, there was a strong push again from different agents to sell during May and June before the um, the second wave ended up hitting, and going down the path of an expression of interest. Now that's not necessarily the wasn't necessarily the wrong method of sale for this property. It was certainly something that we did consider. However, we didn't feel as though the time again in May or June was still quite right. Um, the market was certainly better in sectors, but um, by no means was it was it overly strong. Um, and so the, the decision again was, look, the timing's still not right. We don't need to. Um, and then obviously the second wave hit and that justified that, um, that decision. And then we had another really strong push when the market opened up um, end of September and into October. Uh, and particularly with the um, the building of interest um, leading up to Christmas to um, to maximise that. We never know what's going to happen in the new year. We need to sell now, get it out of the way and, and give yourself a clear run. But again, we held firm. We didn't want to be pushed. Um, they didn't want to just, just sell for the sake of selling. So again, we held firm. We wanted to get a clear campaign. We wanted to maximise the presentation, both because they did have a lovely garden. We didn't need to sell in spring. It could present the garden could be presented really well during warmer months. Um, and we held firm that we wanted to have a clear campaign with no interruptions um, and to present the property in its best light and use the ideal method of sale, which we determined was to be an auction. So the the decision was made to sell the property um, in early 2021. Um, getting clear of uh, the public holiday interruptions that can come, um, as I mentioned earlier, both sides of um, of January through to, to Easter. Um, and we had a really, really strong campaign. Um, it was maximised in terms of its, ex- its exposure, both from a um, an online and a print marketing campaign. We had um, very strong bidder interest and a really well attended auction, um, well over 100 people at the auction five bidders bidding on it Um, and interestingly enough one of those uh, bidders that did um, put their hand up on the day of the auction had looked at it back when it had been considered as an off-market in early 2020 and at that point had dismissed the property because they didn't feel as though it was quite right for them it wasn't presented as well and then when they came back through during the campaign they um, with the proper presentation having been carried out which is what we always intended um, they did actually really like the property. So that justified the presentation side of things. But certainly after that really successful um, that campaign, we ended up selling the property for 20% above the reserve price, um, which was a fantastic result. And, and they were obviously over the moon with that. Uh, so certainly justified the, the timing around selling and making sure that it was, uh, it was maximized. So that's about it for today's podcast. Thanks again for joining me for episode four. Um, 
As always, please feel free to share the podcast with family and friends. And if you would like further information on how to make rewarding property decisions, please visit our website, wakeland.com.au. And we wish you all the best with your property decisions.